You're listening to Magrito Podcast Network, celebrating the culture of Chicanos and Latinos one story and voice at a time. Connect on social, on Instagram and Facebook at Magrito. Find all the Magrito Podcast Network shows over at magrito.net. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Emo Brown Podcast Brought to you by the wonderful people at Grasshopper For your medicinal, recreational, cannabis needs Reach out to Grasshopper As always, a privilege and honor to be part of the Migrito Industry brand They'll be sitting in on this interview here today Because we're bringing you some new talent A little bit of an artist spotlight, ladies and gentlemen El Compita Harless Rewater What's going on, boys? Been watching your stuff on uh, on all over social media and YouTube, wherever you are, man. I see Harley Sweetwater just strumming that guitar. Every now and then you go on Instagram, you do a little quick little live drop. I'm like, all right. I'm all about that. I'm a geek when it comes to music, man. I'm a geek when it comes to, to guitar specifically. You know, because music is it's a team sport, but I feel it's it's a little bit more an individualistic thing. Cause I can lose myself playing the guitar and, and not, I go into the bathroom, I'll turn off the light and I'll just strum the acoustic and not mess with anybody. And that's, that's like my sanctuary, bro. I, Is acoustic a uh, code word for something? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What do you do? <laughs> but that's all Scott. <laughs> He's going to be a heartless agent today, but heartless, I want to hear from you, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you started, how'd you fucking develop this style that you've, you've, you've made your own. I've heard, I've read some of the reviews, voice like gravel soaked in bourbon to me. We were just talking about that. That's like a old, utmost compliment. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about yourself, brother. Oh, you know, I mean, I just started, I started really young, like, like we were talking about when I was 10 years old and, you know, I got it real early into like rock and roll. And then those things always lead you to other places. You know, you're like, uh, leads you to blues, rhythm and blues, country and, and uh, so that's what I started, you know, on that kind of stuff. The Doors, my mom had a Doors album, too, that she used to play all the time, too. So it's all kind of, you know, like that. And then when I was um, 14, my mom got together with this, uh, my stepdad, Dan, and he had a son and, and a daughter. But me and uh, my brother, we're about, I call my brother, he's, we were the same, same age. But uh, so when I moved in with my mom and my stepdad, uh, I would go into his room and his walls completely plastered with punk rock flyers show, from the shows, right? Uh, that he was that he was going to or gonna go to, you know, at Fenders, at uh, Olympic Ballroom, all these common places. decor for an adolescent kid. And yeah, but I see, teenager. I didn't know about punk rock, and so his albums were there on uh, by his bed, and I go through the albums. I never seen album covers like that before. I, you know, I'm coming from rock and roll, you know, and, and blues and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell is Crass and UK Subs and mm. all these bands? And so he, he showed me. I'm like, what is this? And I heard it. I was like, oh, dang, dude. This isn't blues. <laughs> but in a way, it is. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. People don't realize that blues is pretty much the derivative of all music. Like, you can break it all the way down to jazz and then blues and then... You can create any style from those chord progressions, from the augmented chords, just the way the guitar is held. And it's like, it, it, 
If you want to be a nerd, I can be a nerd. <laughs> like we can get, we can go down this musical rabbit hole. But yeah, man, just watching you do your thing, it, it, it was like, I wonder how he got started. Because everybody has a different big upbringing and beginning on when they first pick up their guitar mm -hmm. and what they were trying to replicate, who they were trying to mimic, who they were trying to be like. You told me you saw a Chuck Berry album. You opened it and you were like, I want to be him. Yeah, I wanted to be Chuck Berry and Ace Frehley of Kiss, uh, the guitar player. And uh, those are my two like early, early icons. And then I got into the Beatles and the Stones. And then that, that kind of led me more back to like the blues stuff. And music is the gateway drug, bro. It is. Everyone talks about weed and this and that. But music is the gateway drug because one genre will lead you down to another genre. Before you know it, you're listening to German polka. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, I respect what he does there because he's freaking it. He's getting down. Yeah, you can appreciate it. And then once you start listening to music, you automatically start hearing how it's all connected. It's all connected, like you said, the German polka with like, you know, a lot of people don't know this. I, I don't think they know, they understand. Uh, but from my understanding, you know, a lot of uh, the music that comes out of uh, Mexico, it, that's a German influence. It all started during World War One, World War Two era when the sides were being, the lines were being drawn, sides were being made. So when you hear that in the accordion, dude, that's that's German influence right yeah. there. German loggers, yeah. aka Mexican loggers. <laughs> that's how it all started, man. And it all, it's all one thing. Yeah. The world is a humongous place. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's influenced the countries and the cultures and everything influence each other, man. Yeah. I went to visit Ireland a, a couple of years ago with some friends, and I had no idea. We were in Dublin. They were like, "Yeah, brother, you're from Mexico." We've got your back. You're my brother. We we supported you guys in the American Revolution. We got your back still. I was like, those kinds of bridges, That's cool. they last forever. Like, these are their traditions. These are their, their memories. And I was like, I had no idea. And I was like, all right, cool. We drank whiskey. All I knew is I drank whiskey for two days. <laughs> and then it was on their tab. I was like, let's do it, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How did you end up running up with Oscar here at, at Maigrito Industries? Uh, I met him at a gentleman's club in... Uh Oh, that's not true. Hong Kong? What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Sounds uh, about right. Uh, he was, uh, I, you know, we met a long time ago, but we just really didn't connect. And then I, I came, he came up as a friend suggestion. Um, this is the musical part of it, right? Uh, came up as a friend suggestion. I was like, oh, yeah. And I clicked, I clicked on it, and there, I saw the music side of him, which I didn't even know existed. You know, new layer. And I was like, oh, and he had his guitar and and uh, my grito, you know. And I was like, wait a minute, I didn't know he he was about all this. So then I hit him up and I, I followed him, and then we just kind of it just naturally went that way. I started talking about music, and he's like, I go, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I got this uh, this label with uh, my buddy from you know way back, and I was like, oh wow, okay. And you're like, wait then, a second, wait a second. And then he asked me, because uh, I have another uh, band. At the time, I had like a bunch of bands, but one of my bands uh, is called Coyote uh, Cervario. And so he was like, hey, let me grab this track for our Masalto, uh, uh, right? Yep. Uh, uh, three. Yeah, it was Volume 3, Masalto Charity Compilation. They came out with uh, a great song from... Uh, Coyotes del Barrio? Coyotes Is that a band that we can find right now, like online, Spotify, or where? Yeah, where's absolutely. Spotify, social media, everything. Are you still in that band, Heartless? Yeah, we still jam. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like it because I'm, I'm, I, I can, I, I write some of the songs and I sing some of the hooks and I can, I just play guitar and I just, I can let uh, the MC Warbucks or Bucksburn uh, uh, do all the. He's mainly the front guy. I could, just, I just get to play and drink. 
Oh, man. As long as I dream. remember my lines Living and my hooks are good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I had this conversation with an uh, with another artist, and I was complimenting Harless because we're looking at working on a project with Harless and and a member from another band, and they're like, "Well, like, uh, is I see Harless? How many followers he has? For any of you, if you guys go onto his social media, you'll see that he has a a very respectful number of Following. followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah." And he's like, well, I don't know. Is he going to be easy to work with? I'm like, bro, he's on this other band where he's not even the the front man. Mm-hmm. But he gives that person the opportunity for him to perform and do, do, do his thing. But at, at some point when it's time for Harless to do a solo, he rips it up. He rips it up. And, and that's where you see a lot of people just taking, you know, getting a little closer and listening to like, hey, who's this band? The, the dynamic of a band, bro. That That's a whole different topic and podcast that we can lose ourselves into because it's like a family it's like a tight-knit brotherhood or where you have to compromise certain things for the better of the band you know i've been around bands and grew up in bands i know okay this is going to work this is not going to work do you enjoy more being a part of the wheel in a band or doing your own thing heading it up as harlow sweetwater uh well we were just talking about this uh, oscar and i um i i like them both now um I've been in bands all my life. I never wanted to be, you know, like Rod Stewart, you know, just one dude and that's it. But uh, at some point, like uh, in about like 2011, 2012, I was like, I got to break off and just do my own thing because I don't like, uh, uh, not to sound, you know, I don't know, any kind of way, but like, I don't like people, I don't like being told no and, and being held back. Because somebody, you know, can't get off work to go play a gig. And I'd had enough at that point. I was going to do my own thing. And I got my own band, my guys, and I laid it out for them. Here's how much you get per show. You'll always have a bed to sleep in. You know, Boma is treated like a business. These are my employees. It is. But that being said, like, um, what I loved about the band that I didn't get with the solo stuff, you know, now, is that the the, uh, bouncing back and forth from ideas or like, what do you, what do you have to say about this? Or what do you think about this? Or boom, boom, boom. And that's what we were talking about. And that's why I love um, Oscar so much is that I could, I respect him. I respect Rob and he and I talk all the time about, you know, well, what do you think about this? Well, what do you think about that? Well, I get a different perspective. I get a different look at things and that I may not never thought of. Uh, and that's what we got when we were in, when I was in a band, you know, Oh, well, what if we did the guitar part like this, you know? Or what if the bass did that? Or they kind of add their flavor. Doing my own thing, solo, I call it solo, everyone just goes, you know, they don't call me boss, but it's that out of Whatever you want, boss. Mm. Well, you tell me. Well, what are you guys singing? Which way should we take to this venue? I don't know. You're driving, whatever you want. I'm like, well, shit. That's a lot of responsibility, too, yeah, though. It's still, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of responsibility. Uh, you know, it's a lot of responsibility, and it's a lot of, like... Uh, it's like, you know, at the end, there's been, I'll be honest with you, man, at the end of some of these tours that I've done in the past, it's hard to, like, break off, like, Feria to, to these dudes and then, then be like, cool, thanks. And I'm like, I get what's left over because I can't leave them hanging. You know, they're leaving their jobs, they're leaving their families, they're sleep, you know, sleeping in the van, they're doing whatever I, I need of them. I got to take care of them 100%. For sure. So I'm laying out like two grand per guy or whatever the number is, you know, and then I'm like, well, there's 500 for me. Great. You know, 
after all said and done. So, but that's been hard. But it, it, as you grow, it gets better. And then, but you got to take care of the guys, man. So you are a lifelong musician, man. Lifelong. Lots of tours on your belt? Uh, now, not really before. Um, like uh, as of 2011, 2012. That when you cool. went solo, when you did your own thing? Yeah. Was that because you took initiative to create what you had in plan, what you visioned for yourself? Yeah. And I, I mean, like... There's only so much that you can do around town or in LA or gotta get up and go. Gotta get up and go. Yeah, I bought a van, and that van was like, you know, priceless in getting me across the country and getting my music out there. My fan base grew. I was able to, you know, my money came up. My it was just really. And once I made made that commitment to the van, um, that was it. It takes me wherever I want to go. As we're listening to your tracks in the background, I'm comfortable saying the genre you play is rock and roll. Good old American traditional rock and roll. Rock and roll, I love that because it encompasses... So many. So many. Soul, blues, country, R&B. It's rock and roll, baby. So, yeah, I like that. Moving forward, that's what you want to continue to do and grow? Well, that was the other thing about... Once I started, you know, as a solo artist, we'll say... Uh, uh, I got, I went for blues music. So I was doing blues festivals, blues venues, all, everything blues oriented. Um, but as we were talking about music and, and the love of music, when you just love music, I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm a punk rocker. I, I love Hank Williams and Merle Haggard and Patsy Cline. I, I love, you know, I, I, I love, um, you know, it's like the 70s soul, like the shy lights and the, I love it. I just love music. And so I say, this is my, this is my little saying here, is that all music is soul music because it's soul music to somebody. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but um, as far as uh, the blues stuff, I got kind of pigeonholed in that. Yeah. And so I wanted to play stuff that was more influenced punk or. or Not like a bad place was. to be though. No, you know, it's cool, but I just can't do one thing. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, you're capable of more and I love to do more. I love to express myself. It's like only painting with one color, two colors. I can't do that. So I kind of broke away from my old band was the Harlow Sweetwater band, which wasn't truly a band. It was me with whoever could make the gigs, but I decided to shut that down and do my own thing. And I knew I was going to maybe lose some people, uh, fans, you know, or followers, whatever you want to call them. Uh, but I just, I couldn't just stick with blues. It's my foundation. It's my rock. It's where I come from. But I also, like I said, I love the Descendants and the Doors. And, you know, if I want to play funk, man, I want to play funk. If I want to play psychedelic, I want to play psychedelic. That's a Southern, Southern California mentality, though, man. I feel like mm-hmm. you, you can't put us all in one box. You know, like people will listen to this podcast. Oh, it's just like for Mexicans and it's not, you know, it's like, we're, we're, we're more than, than that, you know? Yeah. We're, we represent and we hype our culture, but I've brought in guests from all walks of life, all different backgrounds. You know, I feel like music, there's nothing better than music to kind of like exemplify that. But when you come to California, like Southern California, even more so, man, especially you said you, you, you were born and raised in the Labra area and then you eventually ended up in Laguna Niguel. Like that's all 
there's so many bands that are, are originate and come out of Orange County like that, man. Some of my favorite bands, like the Adolescence or even Pennywise, you know, the from all spectrums. And I'm just going to allude strictly to punk rock music because that's what I grew up listening to. You know, my, the other music I grew up listening to is uh, Mexican, like Corridos and Norteños. Ain't nobody from Orange County doing that. Yeah. So, actually, I lie. Las Voces del Rancho. They're from the LA, that that little area as well as the Orange County. So those are those are all things that I love, man. Music, it has zero boundaries. You know, I've been in Mexico and watched dudes moonwalking to fucking Michael Jackson. You know, I've seen it all. Yeah. What have you seen going on tour, man? What has the reception been to the style of music that you play? Uh, well, like I said, I was when I was touring up until 2019 or 2018, it was mostly uh, blues stuff. But the way I play when I start, you know, when I start drinking and feeling good, you know, I get more aggressive. And I would say like my stage presence or whatever, I get more like thrashy you know more i would just i call it punk rock then you know these kind of blues guys that just you know there's just a just their their style versus mine was more rock and roll it was more punk rock and roll or something. more energy yeah and uh that's what to, oh you guys are good but man you know if i'm playing a blues festival i've heard people be like yeah you guys are good but you're kind of too rock or too aggressive and i'll be like well hey man take it or leave it don't buy the cd then yeah you know but uh yeah, I mean, you're right. Music is just, it's its like Orange County in Los Angeles and California in general, you know, it's just, it's everywhere, you know, it's, it goes across the page, you know. It's a mixture, man. And, and there shouldn't be any borders. I mean, that's how new genres are born and and exciting things happen when that, when that you know, when that happens. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of being on My Grito Industries because they're legitimately, it's across the spectrum. There's artists like you. There's artists like Jackie Rivera. There's artists like the Rundown Creeps. Yeah. There's podcasts on there, you know? So it's like, it's a little of everything. I think it's a perfect rec uh, representation of, of what we're all a part of down here in Southern California. Yeah, it's, I think it's getting there, right? I wasn't sure if I would fit really, you know, on the label. Now imagine me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> fucking just a, a podcast, you know, yeah. on, on what you would consider. Like when you hear the term label, you, you, you automatically feel like, oh, fucking music, bands, you know? But like when we were talking earlier, it's like, no, Margarito Industries is a brand. It's bigger than a label. It's yeah. more. It's different. We want to encompass a lot of things. I'm excited to be on this label slash brand. What about yourself? What do you envision doing forward with, with Margarito and, and Rob and, and the homie Oscar? What are your ultimate goals? My ultimate goals would cost them a lot of money. Oof, tell me more. Yeah. Show me the way. Yeah. I want to, you know, turn into just a just a diva. Ooh, can we? Can yeah, we do it as a diva? You know, <laughs> and just, you know, I want Rob to just be like, "Hey, bro, you're homie. I don't know. You fucked up when you brought know. him on, bro. You brought him in. You take him out, little Hold puppet. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, don't look at him in the eyes when he talks. Um, uh, what was the question? What would you ask? What are your goals with Mike Grito? Oh, you know, I I just take it one step at a time. You know, this we got a single coming out. This is the first thing to see, you know, get our feet wet and see what happens. That's exciting. So yeah, um, again, it's it's the value that they bring. I wouldn't have done it because um, Oscar and I were uh, sharing a bottle of wine on the beach one day, watching the sunset. <laughs> Long walks on the beach. Go ahead. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> a lot of sand you know. a lot of sand now, in uh, all the crevices but you know it's we were talking about music the industry the the gigs the the the, the bands just everything that encompasses the interest industry and uh i think we both at that moment kind of realized you know we could bring value uh to each other yes you know that uh, wiretap 
that's my grito, uh, could do something for me and I could do something for them in whatever degree, you know, I mean, I have a lot, a, a lot of experience in the industry as far as gigs and, uh, venues and, you know, just the business part of it. But, uh, I wouldn't have jumped on if I didn't think that they could bring value to what I'm doing. The only hesitation and, um, I'm a pretty confident dude, but um, when it came down to like uh, it being uh, more Chicano based, mm. you know, would you say Chicano based, right? Correct. I mean, for, for the most part, I wasn't sure if you fit that mold. If I fit that mold, you know, I'm half Mexican. I've never really fit in anywhere as far as that kind of stuff goes. But um, but I said, well. It doesn't matter, you know. It's, it's you gotta always keep an open mind and different perspectives. And again, the value I think that wiretapping like Rito could bring uh, is is worth worth uh, jumping in. Really. You, you've been in the music industry a long time, so I'm assuming this isn't your first time dipping your toe into the label world. You've probably been on other labels in the past. How does this relationship relate uh, compared to the previous ones you've had with other bands and just as a solo artist? Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it's more of um, uh, I, it's it's a kind of that old thing where I, the older I've gotten, the the more I understand like what's important to me is control, control of what I put out, control of my music, what I want. If I want to play again, if I want to play punk rock, if I want to do this, that, or the other, then I will. Um, so it's just kind of like all those things and that and that knowledge coming uh, that I've gained over the years. And uh, I'm hoping that I could bring that to the table. And that's the bouncing back and forth part. Well, hey, I, I know, I know kind of like this, kind of like that thing, you know. As far as like, if he, if they, you know, there's stuff I've questioned about Rob or, or uh, Oscar. And they've questioned, and well, hey, it's working together. It's all about that, really. The compromise. Mm -hmm. So long as you're not compromising too much. Well, I, I respect their, their vision. I respect their opinions. And... Uh, you know that's that's all part of it. You're the song right here. It's country tune. Mm -hmm. That's what a little I'm slide about. guitar. That's what I'm talking about. If I want to play a country song, I don't, I don't want no one telling me I can't play a country song. Same question to you, Oscar. You know, being the big balls over there at Margarito Industries alongside with Rob, what is your expectations out of an artist like Harless, knowing his background, knowing what you want is knowing what you want, what you saw when you wanted to bring him on the label, what you can extract him. You know what? Quite honestly, it was for him to stay true to himself. Um, when, when we were first courting him, as well as other artists, but primarily him, we're like, hey, we love what you're doing. At this point, we don't have any artists on the roster right now that sounds like you. But that for me personally, this is a sound that I love, that I grew up, and that it got me through a lot of sorrows that I had in my life, a lot of heartaches that I had in my life, a lot of uh, even, you know, celebrations and wins that I had in my life. But this is a music that is dear to my heart. It's the, it's the, the blues. Um, the Doors being one of my, being my favorite band and hearing Harless, not only on Spotify or any of these other media outlets, but seeing him perform live, it's like no other. I love a lot of the artists on the roster and they do an amazing job performing live. But I got to tell you, when I saw Harless, it was a different level for me. Maybe it's because this is my type of music that I really related to, that I really connected to growing up, besides the rancheros and the corridos and all that stuff. But with Heartless, 
beautiful sound, but at the same time, you can tell he's leaving everything out in the out on the stage. And for me, as a fan, seeing the performers on stage, Harley's fucking killed it. It's not only him giving you an amazing sound, a great voice. It's him giving you entertainment, mm. him leaving it out on the stage. And that's something that this guy does, and he does it very well. And we're not asking him to change that. It's whatever he wants to do, we're here to back him up. It, at the same time, it's it's us. You know, We do we do have our back and forth, and, and, and that's perfectly okay. We, we have that with every artist. But we can tell when it comes from Harless, as well as some of the others on the label, it's like he's serious about his career. He knows what he wants out of it. And he's asking us good questions. Some some questions at times could be a little uncomfortable for us, but we're like, Rob and I get together and say, hey, <laughs> serious pedal, this guy's asking a good question. How do we answer it to let him know? That's awesome, yeah. It's not, we're not trying to give him the answer he wants to hear. It's the answer that would work for all of us in order for us to move forward. I mean, you're helping them grow in that aspect as well. I'm sure not every artist probably has the same request. Or is looking for the same kind of guidance as Harless is, you know? I remember when I was a young wee lad as well, and we got signed to our record, we didn't know shit. I had no idea, you know? It's like, this label is not even from San Diego, let alone California. They were out of Michigan, and they listened to something that we did, and they were all about it, and they took us under the wing. But I was 17, man. I had no idea what was coming. I had no, no idea what to do. I relied a lot upon the guidance of the record label, you know? I'm pretty sure being record label heads... You guys have to know you approach each artist with different handling styles. Some artists require minimal, if any. Heartless strikes me as the kind of dude that comes to the table and says, this is what I need. This is what I'm expecting from you guys because this is what I bring. Mm -hmm. Maybe somebody else is a little bit more green in the game. It's like, hey, man, I know how to fucking play the guitar. My guy's got my back. We can fucking sing you a song. What can you do for us? You guys have a hard gig. I mean, being, being owners of record labels is because you're not dealing with the same kind of story one after another. You guys kind of have to kind of keep your head on the swivel and, and see what's coming your way. Yeah, the thing about, <clears throat> I think um, to your point about, you know, when you were 17 and being in that situation, um, that was a while ago. And now, you know, you don't need, an, an artist really does not need a label. Doesn't need a manager. Yep. They don't need, any professional until they need that person, right? Uh, I don't need them and they don't need me, but they have something of value. I have something of value that we can bring to the table together to, I enhance them and they enhance yeah. me. So it's, 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 it's more of a, you know, I could release the records on my own. I can gain more followers, anything, but, I always want to make sure, and I, t I told them this from the get-go, that, hey, I want to make sure that I'm bringing something to the table in this for myself and for you guys. I want to make sure that you guys are happy with, with me. I want to be like, well, that was a, them to say, well, that was a bad idea, you know? So you got to pull your weight. That's the most important part. And any uh, that's the advice I would give anybody. It's like, hey, man, you got to pull your weight. Don't I don't need them. And like I said, they don't need me. That's fine. But... Together, we can do more and move faster. For sure. I mean, as a musician, you got to be self-reliant. You got to just, you're on stage, you're strumming the guitar, you're singing. Yeah. You know, the record label is not going to be up there doing that with you. 
Yeah. So at the very, you know, you, you got to know what you got to be confident. Like, I see a lot of people are like, oh, this artist is, is, is conceited, is cocky, is arrogant. Is this? It's like, no, you know what? A musician, they have to believe in themselves. They have to know that they have the chops, they have the skills to be in front of a, a group of people day in and day out and shine. Because yeah. nobody else is going to be on that stage but you. And you're going to be the one that everyone's looking at. The job of a record label is to do all the other things. Yeah. The other Get your voice out on a larger spectrum. You know, get your persona out and introduce it to new people to see. You know, their job is to nurture and grow your talent and your and your presence. Yeah. Your job to them is to, I'm gonna keep bringing what I bring because that's what you wanted. Yeah. You know, and and that's the thing. I mean, that's something that Rob mentioned before on our on one of our interviews with you is that if at any point if if the label us are are poniéndole más jale, mm. más ganas than the band, that's a problem. Yeah, the band needs to be putting in a lot more work than us. Um, ever since working with Harless, I knew even before we were working with Harless, I knew this guy works. Yeah, Harless is like he fucks day. around, bro. He doesn't fuck around. <laughs> he I mean, looks every, like he has a goal and he's gonna get it. You know, he's gonna get it. He's very ambitious. And here's the thing. I mean, here's one of the many things that I love about Harless. It's not just the main thing. It's many things. His beard. <laughs> he has a he has a magnificent beard. <laughs> so obviously, if you're hearing us, that's not the Mexican. That's not the Mexican side of the family, bro. I can tell you that, bro. Yeah, we have a lot of space. Our shit grows in patches. Though. It looks like little <laughs> islands on our face. Harless came out. He was like, "Wow, what's up?" I used to fucking do backup vocals for ZZ Top, but what's cracking? <laughs> but the, but the thing with Harless is that he puts in a lot of work. He doesn't he he doesn't need anything from us. He he puts in the work. It's out there. His fan base is incredible. I mean, they fucking love this guy. Um, from the amount of people that actually reshare his post, from the different people that on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, we're getting different companies that are hitting Harless up, that are hitting us up about sponsorship, sponsorship, it's because this guy has a following. And not only that, but he puts in work for a lot of companies I'm pretty sure there. that's the first thing they look at is like, oh, what, what kind of a following does he have? And then they peel that first layer back. Oh shit, this motherfucker gets down. Yeah. I was like, out. okay, so he has a following, he has a presence, and he's got the talent to back it up. And that's the thing. It's so look at you guys. No wonder you're always ear to smile ear to ear when you talk to me about Harless. Well, look at you. Dude, he he he's it's one funny. of those guys that he puts in the work, he backs it up, and that's something that as a label, as, as anybody, even any company that's considering some type of sponsorship from Magrito or from Harless, you're gonna get your money's worth, if not more. We're exceeding expectations here, especially when it comes to Harless and a lot of the other bands that are on the label. But Harless puts in work. And so when's this and track that's why he's my dog? When's this baby coming? When when's, uh, when's the first track dropping? I, I hope you're ready for it because we have uh, his first uh, song under my grito that's going to be coming out pretty soon. Mm. Um, the song is called the track is called Mexican Rose. All right, and that has a lot of story that I'm going to let Harless kind of, he'll he'll explain the whole meaning behind this song. <clears throat> but when that was the first song that he came to us and saying, "Hey, I got this single ready for you guys." He has two songs. That Magrito's going to be releasing and much more, but when we when he told us about Mexican Rose as we were drinking in the cantina, getting fucked up, if it's I could say that, it. we got pretty fucked up. Well, you've said too much, <laughs> but go ahead. Uh, <laughs> everything that he said about it, um, I could tell that I, I was talk. We were talking to a hardworking guy that's very humble, but he had a mission, and that aligned with what our vision was. And that's when we told him, "Hey, we're one hundred percent in." We're going to help you accomplish what you want to accomplish because uh, you deserve it. You've earned it. And we know you're also going to be helping us too. When you go on tour now, moving forward with the songs that you'll be releasing with My Grito, 
Is it harder to generate that kind of support from the label being as you are the only kind of artist in this category on your own? Do you still tour with the bands that are on the label? Is How does that work? Oh, it's we haven't done any of that, mm -hmm. yet, really. Um, I've, I've met uh, Las Calacas. Great guys. What a great band, man. I see you yeah. meshing with those dudes well. <laughs> That's what I told Oscar. You know, and I... It's their energy. It's their energy. And, and uh, I mean, that, that's what goes back to what we're talking about, about, you know, you could put, you know, Heart of Sweetwater, blues, rock and roll with Las Calacas, and it'll work. Why? Because of the energy. You can't fake that shit. The mm. energy. That's there. The music is great either way, but the but the energy, their, their energy is great. And uh, it goes for all of the bands on um on my grito, and I want—I just want to say really quick the the attractive thing for me about uh, Rob and Oscar is um, when when we first talked. You know, one of the things Oscar said to me, I said, "Hey, I haven't got that contract yet." They said, "This is what he said, and it's so cool, man." For for artists out there, and and this goes back to that seventeen-year-old you're talking about working with record labels. We we have to redo it to make it more in your favor. I was like. Oh shit! Mm -hmm. you know, the the label is artist friendly. They they actually care. It's not it's not. Don't say it too loud, man. I don't want these motherfuckers <laughs> to realize what they're doing. Well, you know, I mean, that's that's why they're gonna that's why they're gonna grow because they cater to the artist. They cater to what works best for this. What you know, what works best in your favor, and that and that makes the artist go. It's a family approach. I'm gonna work hard for this for these sure. Guys. You know, they take care of me. I'm if my boss is out there busting his ass and he asked me to do the same, I'm be like, yeah, you're doing it. Yeah. First off, you're the boss. I mean, I don't want you to outwork me. Just, you know, let me know what you need me to do and we'll do it. Yeah. Same side. When you see your boss out there grinding, you're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I'm going to uh, step it up too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, but to your, to your question, uh, we haven't, you know, because of all the COVID stuff and, uh, just all these things, but we haven't really be able to get, um, Anything going as far as me and the other uh, you know, bands on the label, if, if that's what you meant, right? Yeah, but we'll get to that. I, I, what I'd like to see is do some shows, all of us together, and then do like the old school, you know, like you said, like the Cadillac Records where they're all on a bus together. That's what I'm talking about. And they're about. just going from city uh, to city yeah. to city. You know? The review. Yeah, yeah, like yeah a, the review. Like a Maigrito tour. Just yeah, everybody that, jumping on in there and doing their thing. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. And those are the kinds of things where you go back and, you know, years and years uh, ahead and you look back and you're like, oh man, yeah, these guys all toured together. I mean, back in the day, no one, well, they, it's knowledge now, but I mean, you have like Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis and Johnny Cash on the same bill on tour together. Can you imagine? Yeah, man. Can you imagine that? Just like, oh shit, not that we're on that level, but I'm just saying, hopefully people look good. At that point, yeah, they but, didn't know they were at oh, that level. Exactly. You know, they were just killer artists. Yeah. The reason we lost Big Bopper, Buddy Holly, and Richie Valentine because because of they're on the same bill though. Yeah. <laughs> damn, well, take it to the morbid side. Tell me more damn, about your death playlist, bro. <laughs> well, to get to technically yes, but even more so, they're on the same fucking plane. Together. Yeah, true. Jeez, man. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, hopefully that'll happen because I love all the uh, artists, uh, ear ringers and uh, Las Calacas. Uh, uh, Everyone always brings up Las Calacas, man. Every time they ask me about my grito, they're like, hey, what's up with Las Calacas? I was like, yeah, what's up? It's like, fucking get down. I was like, yeah, it's just well, cumbia and rock, dog. It's, it's like a nice little fusion. But I, can I say something about Maria? Okay, yeah, that's been announced. Uh, I'm excited about Mar Maria. Oh, get it. I she's, a great, she's a great girl. Where's she from? Uh, she's in Riverside. You said that, yeah, yeah. Riverside. Nice. Yeah, she's in Riverside, but she's an incredible, great, great soul. 
and her music is amazing. So yeah. check it out. It's already on Spotify, but we have some bangers that are coming up pretty, pretty soon. El vato. I like when you look at me and said bangers, though. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, a little cross-sided. It's like, oh, we got some bangers. Hey, but we also have another project with that it has to do with Harless. Um, it hasn't been done yet, but it's expected here in the near future. So we have this pro, this uh, project, and it still needs to happen. I mean, we don't know. There's a there's a lot of tape and all that shit that we have to deal with. But Harless was the first artist that both Rob and I thought of, along with Rafa, the drummer from Las Calacas, because they all the artists have great great work ethic. These guys stood out to us. Not only do they have the work ethic, but they also have the talent, amazing talent. So we want to come out with what's called the Migrito Sessions, where we have two artists from the label come in and do a cover of a song. Oh, hell yeah. Leave it up to them to come up with whatever that song is. That's up to you. Migrito has nothing to do with it. If you want to go rock and roll, if you want to go R&B, if you want to do a hip hop joint, we don't give a shit. As long as it's something that means something to you guys, Migrito will represent it. Go out there and do a session. And um, be expecting that here in either late February or early March, we have uh, Harless and Rafa Calaca teaming up. We have an amazingly guitarist, an amazing drummer. Fuck, I hope you guys are ready for Damn, that. I think halfway through that, like you were creating this, inventing this new project, and then halfway you fell for it, you're like, fuck, this is a good idea. <laughs> I'm going to go all in with this. I'm going to, yeah, so now. we're going to do this. And <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing it live. That's a, that's a great idea, man. Because you guys, uh, you... You're like you're like a general managers of a soccer club. You get to handpick the the favorite players and put them and say, "Okay, now you guys do something." Yeah. That's pretty awesome, man. And as a musician, I'm pretty sure that's something you really want to do. You know, like, "Oh yeah, okay, I'll take care of this. I got this." Yeah. Uh, don't, men- don't mention soccer to me, bro. Why? What happens? So if I can share a personal story, here we go. I, I fucking hate soccer. Oh, Lord. I hate soccer. The views expressed by fucking Oscar do not represent Emo Brown, but they probably do represent Maigrito Industries. Jeez Louise, bro. No, here's the reason why. And I know you're a huge soccer football. We're 7-0 and in our league right now, bro. What's oh, cracking? Come on. You. Yeah, that's right. You. That's right. But here's the thing. For me in junior high. <laughs> oh, God. We're talking know, 40 years ago. Back. Here we go. <laughs> so for Everything me, was in black and white. Go ahead. I can't see it. Yeah. So, um, and I've told this story a couple times, but um, in junior high, you know how they in PE, they put you through all the fucking sports, whether football, soccer, basketball. They're just trying to see, have you explore different sports? So for me, when it came to soccer, I was actually a pretty good soccer player, football player, because my dad put my brother and I in a league here in Santa in Santa Ana, and we were actually pretty decent, speed and everything. And my problem is, my pedo is, I had a crush on this girl. Sorry, wifey, this was before I knew you. <laughs> I was uh, only 13 years old, sorry. Um, I had a crush on this girl in PE, and when we were playing soccer, I had the opportunity to really show off and show her my moves. Uh-oh. And... When the ball was kicked to me, I was just looking at the goalie and she was off to the far right. And I was thinking to myself, do you know what? I'm going to impress her. I'm going to show her this fucking power roundhouse kick that I have. Roundhouse kick roundhouse for kick. soccer. Okay, cool. I'm interested. Yeah. Let's see. Jesus Christ. Double impact. So Come on, Lionheart. What you got? Better. I kicked the ball with all my might thinking, okay, this is a for sure goal. Little too, little did I know that it was going to go right to her fucking face. Oh. Damn, you Marsha Brady'd her, bro. I Marsha Brady'd her. <laughs> oh my She's bleeding from her nose. She's cursing me out. And I'm thinking this whole time, like, no. Ever since, bro, 
Fuck soccer. Well, that was quite a little aside for soccer hatred, bro. All right, shit, I'll remember that. Don't take that. me to a soccer match, bro. I'm not going to take you anywhere with that attitude, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I do see a guitar in here, though. This is the single, right? We're joining Harless Sweetwater live in the Emo Brown Studios for your listening pleasure. Uh, and rock. And rock. <laughs> <laughs> My Mexican She got so much soul Yeah, my Mexican rose She got so much soul Yeah, my Mexican rose She got so, so much soul
Jesus Christ, my skin was all like chinito and shit, like goosebumps. <laughs> Hell yeah. That was just a little sneak peek of my Grito Industries artist, El Compita Harless Sweetwater. Yeah. Woo! And the crowd goes wild. Where can we find more of your music, Harless? Where can I send people to follow, subscribe, and support in any which way? Well, um, it's pretty much had the music's everywhere. You know, it's just like uh, all the TikTok, Shazam, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon. Like, it's it's on all the major music platforms out there. And then um, I'm kind of like in the in a transition of uh, my social media right now because, um, because I, I was with uh, my former band, which is me, basically. But uh, like I said, the Harlow Sweetwater Band, People will find that, but I'm all about the new stuff. So, um, you know, I'm on Facebook um, and, uh, of course, Instagram, Heart of Sweetwater and Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere. Everywhere I should be, everywhere I need to be. Mm, que yeah. pues. Damn. <laughs> you know what? The whole interview, I feel like you're a little, like, recluse, a little shy, a little, you know, like, inhibited. But you put that guitar and that Mexican rose comes out. Mm. bro. You're a wild man. I can only I can only assume what goes on on stage when you're performing that live and there's actual people watching you yeah. and you're performing. Get in the zone, man. Yeah. That zone hey, what do you see when you're playing, when you're in the zone? Uh, do you see anything? Uh, Well... When I'm singing a song, you know, I close my eyes or I'll, or I'll just kind of look out at the crowd or whatever and just vibe off them. And if I if they're kind of like, you know, just digging it, chill. Then I'm and I don't want to be chill. Mm. I want them to be chill. Then I'll just turn turn up the gas. Mm. You know what I'm saying start breaking shit. Yeah, yeah. But um, and then when I go when I play guitar and I and I go into a solo, then I just kind of leave and I go off somewhere that I don't even know how to describe it. It's just a a zone where I just am encased in music, you know, so. Any words from the label before we depart on this epic episode with Heartless Sweetwater? <clears throat> uh, we are uh, truly blessed and humbled to have an artist such as Harless who's been doing this for, um, for a long time. And um, he, um, he's bringing an incredible amount of talent and we're also learning from him. And he's helping us out as much as we're trying to help him out. También. Um, if any of you are looking for some real soulful music, um, blues music, rock and roll, I definitely encourage you to follow Harley Sweetwater, not only on Instagram, of course, on Spotify, on Apple, anything, any, any, any outlet out there. But when it, when things do open up and I hope, God willing, things do open up pretty pretty soon here. Um, if you really want to experience Harless Seat Water, you have to go to one of his shows because I've had I've had the privilege of going to some of his shows, and I got to tell you the alcohol or no alcohol. No, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that means alcohol. alcohol. <laughs> it was only brought up because that means alcohol. <laughs> the, the, the journey that he takes you through with his music, with his voice with his energy on stage, it's not, it's, it's like no other. Because here's the thing, I mean, you have your favorite artists or what have you, and I don't know how many of you have experienced this, when you, when you go buy a ticket to go see one of your favorite artists and when they're going out there and just, they're just kind of going through the motion and you're thinking, fuck, good, they're playing my song, but they're not giving me a- No passion. Time. I'm not walking away with anything. Harless is one of those artists that you're walking away with something. 
you're walking away with an experience. You're walking away with something like, it's not what, what you're going to remember when you go to one of his shows is how you felt. And for me, that means a lot more. It's not about remembering everything that happened that day, that, that evening. It's about how you felt. And he, in more times than, than not, has brought our label, Rob and I, and other artists and our friends and family that have gone to go see him perform live. He brought us an experience that we came home and we thought about it for weeks because he brings that energy. And I hope that you guys do that. So for any of you that are looking for what he just performed, Mexican Rose, February 25th, it's going to be available on all platforms. If you want to hear this jam, February 25th, what you want to do is you want to follow My Grito, you want to follow Heartless Sweetwater. We're coming out with that. And I don't even want to talk about the song after that, because after that, we have some celebrities that are actually collaborating with him. That in our cultura is a fucking big deal. Yo, Heartless, you need to get a big clock and put it on a chain because you got the Mexican flavor of Flav. Any show I go to, I want this fool Flav over there just hyping everybody up before you even hit the stage. Yeah, and man. Sabor, sabor. <laughs> Saborcito, sabresura. <laughs> Epic, man. I look forward to all the things. I'm happy I got to meet you. I started following you recently on all the social medias. I can't wait to see you blow up, man. It's only it's only a matter of a few months of performing these things. It's It's coming. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time and sharing your story with us, bro. Man, I appreciate you having me on, man. And uh, thank you so much. It's really cool. Boom.